What are you saying? Not saying anything. You're saying something. What could I be saying? Well, you're not saying nothing. You must be saying something. If I was saying something, I would have said it. Why don't you say it? I said it. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> you take your role seriously, as you should. But have you found this intersection of emotion and clarity? Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Matt Boss Matchup. Hi, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 7. We're talking about emotion and clarity. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt, your host, and I'm deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Let's jump right into it. No one intends to obfuscate their communication. No one intends to confuse their school. Instead, we intentionally seek out and plan events and use tools that give clarity. Sometimes a map gives clarity. Sometimes a message gives clarity. A conversation, a plan, a meeting, these all provide clarity. Sometimes. Rarely do teams have clarity at the outset of a venture. Sometimes they don't even know the quest has begun. Teachers gather into a room, asked a few questions, and next thing you know, they're on a quest to boost some apparently random metric. Next week, the same team is in a different meeting with a different facilitator discussing a different topic and are pointed to a different metric. A month later, the pattern continues. Meet, new topic, new metric, meet again, each month or so, something new, often under the guise of flexibility or adapting to students. Here are a few questions to consider. If the target always changes, can there be clarity of purpose? If the topic always changes, does it muddy the message? If the leaders are lacking cohesion at the outset, what does this magnify along the way? Obscurity, opacity, generality, these are the enemies of clarity and are easy to come by if there's no clarity at the outset. According to Daniel Goleman, resonance is a function of the brain. It's where two separate brains connect through positive emotions. Laughter is one of the most powerful ways to resonate. The artful use of humor is a way to brush aside mistakes and distractions and to refocus on clarity of purpose. Take the principle who passed out the data from the first semester assessments. The numbers were down from last year. Clearly, some type of mistake or a series of mistakes were made this year engaging and adjusting to student needs. The team could have argued, pointed fingers, felt shame, and overindulged in the negativity of the numbers. But instead, the principal quipped a small joke at her own leadership mistakes, and the room burst out in goodwill and laughter. The small jokes serve two purposes. Number one, it broke the tension and eradicated the need to tiptoe on ice. Number two, this small joke 
was a way to admit the mistake in a human way so the team could get to the more important business of solving the problem. In this case, the principal used humor and then used it to pivot to the purpose. If this sounds a little too far-fetched, if you don't believe me, that's fine. There was a study published at Boston University. It was titled Laughter and Leadership, the relationship between the executive's spontaneous use of humor and effective leadership. It was analyzing two years of longitudinal data from organizational leaders. The researchers compared leaders and categorized them as outstanding or average. The categorization was based on salary levels, promotions, and objectives achieved in the position. What they found was interesting. They found that outstanding leaders used three times the number of humorous comments as average leaders. They also found outstanding leaders cause laughter twice as much when interviewing for their own careers. Laughter is a powerful resonator. It's no laughing matter, and it's not just about humor. It's about the intersection of emotion and clarity. A group of school leaders, assistant principals, and principals were asked a very simple question last week in our 822 chat. They were simply asked, what top qualities made an effective leader effective? The responses were overwhelmingly clear. Effective leaders possess a blend of effective communication, empathy, honesty, passion for students, and they're not simply focused on results. It's no wonder that situational awareness and emotional intelligence ranks among the highest yielding strategies or dispositions of effective leaders. Here's what a few of school leaders said in response to the question. Effective communicating, empathy, humor, positivity, effective communicator, motivator, and bold. Thanks, Bill Huber. Erica Garcia said good leaders show authenticity, empathy, vulnerability, vision, transparency, consistency, and have strong emotional intelligence. Over and over, the message is clear. Effective school leadership is not about instructional leadership or curriculum expertise. Effective school leadership is all about one thing. It's about people, the ability to connect and to find that intersection, that intersection of clarity of purpose and emotion. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to get the show notes and the research, you can find them at mafost.com slash mashup, M-A-F-O-S-T dot com slash mashup. If you enjoyed this episode, I only ask one thing, please pass it along. Now let's go out there and make an impact.